<laughs> Good morning, everyone. I want to thank you guys for being here. Yeah, I see you over there. Hi. How you doing? We're, uh, we're glad you could be here to worship with us this morning. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get our service started off of the song as we normally do. The words will be up on the screen. Uh, and let's just have some fun this morning. This is from the day. When you found me, I was so blind. My sin was before me, I was swallowed by pride. Out of the darkness, you brought me to your light. You showed me new mercy and opened up my eyes. From the day you saved my soul Till the very moment when I come home I'll sing, I'll dance, my heart will overflow From the day you saved my soul We're brilliant light It's all around And endless joy is the only sound. Oh, rest my heart forever now. Oh, in your arms I'll always be found. From the day you saved my soul. Till the very moment when I come home I'll sing, I'll dance, my heart will overflow From the day you saved my soul My love is yours My heart is yours
Amen. I, I have to say, thank you for your prayers last week. As you know, I was out preaching a revival, and I praise God for that. But it's sure good to be home. Amen? Amen. Amen. And guys, y'all sound wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Amen. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I don't know why everybody sat down. Let's all stand up. Let's go to the Lord. Father God, I come before you. Thank you for this opportunity we have to gather in your house this morning. And God, I just praise you for what you've already done in Sunday school and in our first song here this morning already. Since that day, you saved our soul, Lord God. I pray if there's someone here today that has not allowed that to happen. If there's someone here today that's still trying to make that decision, as we pray, pray and speak and teach about change today, as we talk about how our heart is to be changed, I pray that someone here will allow that change to take place. May your name be lifted. May your name be glorified. And Father, I just pray your anointing to be on this place. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 As I said, it's good seeing everybody. Turn around, shake about five or six hands around you, and let's just praise the Lord together today. Greatest day in history, death has been, you have rescued me, sing it out, Jesus is alive. Empty cross, empty grave, life eternal, you have won the day, shout it out, Jesus is alive, he's alive. Stand in that place, free at last, meeting face to face. I am yours, Jesus, you are mine. In this joy, perfect peace, every pain finally will cease. Celebrate, Jesus is alive. He's alive.
that you have saved me. It's all what a glorious day. What a glorious name. Join us as you take your seat. You wash my sin away. Oh, happy day, happy day. I'll never be the same. Forever I'm As you grab your seats this morning, thank you guys. It is a happy day if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. However, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I hope it's not a very happy day until you do. We all need to have that relationship right. So I pray that you'll get your heart right with the Lord this morning. Just a few announcements, one of which, if you wasn't able to be here yesterday, we had a a great uh, interaction. We came together with the survivors from Santa Fe the Santa Fe shooting. We had a great time of fellowship next door and prayer and just talking to one another. And some of them are still here this morning. So we'll recognize them. And this, it, it's, y'all are still in our prayers. As David said yesterday, you're on our prayer list and we continue to pray for you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, 8.30 tomorrow morning. Well, actually, let's back up. Today, after the service, we are leaving to RA and GA camp. The, the, the kids and, and the leaders are leading to RA and GA camp. What? The girls are leaving today, yes. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there, Mom. Hang on. Your boys will leave at 8.30 tomorrow morning. <laughs> the, the girls are le- Let me clarify. Girls are leaving today. Some of us boys are leaving to go set up riflery and such as that. The boys will be leaving 8.30 tomorrow morning. So if, the bo- if you have boys that are going, Pat will be leaving here at 8, Pat and Ed will be leaving here at 8.30 tomorrow morning. So, and keep us in prayer this week, guys. Pray that decisions are made. Pray that God's will be, will be done. Amen? Um, the other th- staff meeting is next Sunday. I want to encourage you to... to uh, be here for staff meeting. It'll be potluck if you're on staff. Please come and be a part of that. Uh, so that, that's very important. Uh, oh, I forgot a t-shirt. We still have the youth fundraiser t-shirts that uh, if you want to buy the shirts, we have large and down. Over large, we're, we're sold out of right now. But if you would like to help, that's for the youth fundraiser selling t-shirts. Meant to bring one in here to show. Has anybody got one on? Oh, right there. Can you stand up, Brenda, for just a moment? There's one of the shirts right there. So if you'd like one of those shirts. <laughs> and that's it. That's enough announcements this morning. Where's David at this morning? Come on up, brother. I don't know. They're clapping. The announcements are done. They're happy you're through. Happy I'm through. Oh, I got more time. Father God, I just come before you and thank you for this opportunity. And again, I ask you just hold David. 
guide his thoughts and his words so that we don't hear David, we hear you through David. And Father, may we be blessed by what you have to say today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank so the worst thing to do is to walk up and offer an apology first. So I'm going to do that. I was uh, given some responsibility last week. Everybody knows don't do that. But, but I was given some responsibility, and I misread, and I did not remember actually what was said. I don't have an excuse for that. So I said at the end of the service, Sunday night church, Sunday night church. And then I looked at my notes last and, oh, no Sunday night service this week, David. I want you to do it next week because I'm going to be at camp. Okay, so that's the deal. we got Sunday night service tonight, and I'll be doing it. Now, for the apology. I know three people that showed up. Just, just it's coming that way. Not you, behind you. So Miss Helen let me know she was here for nothing. And I said, you're there for something. She was able to tell a couple of people that David forgot and had the wrong dates. So I apologize to whoever else showed up. All right. That's not as difficult as you think to apologize. And, and, I, and I really mean that. I, I'm leading into that for a reason. You know, uh, being part of the body of Christ, I think you're going to hear me say and use those words from now on more and more and more. And you've heard me use them. But we need to be forgiving. We need to be loving. I'm looking hard at everybody right now. The, the, the reason I bring that up is not for the cliche of what Jesus is love. If you're in our Sunday morning class, we're learning about some of these cliches that really are, are just worthless because they don't represent really what God has to say. Now, Frank just finished praying for me, and you got to hear the prayer to let y'all hear what I'm saying, but it be of God and not of David. And I have a hard time sometimes differentiating those two things. Before I read my scripture, don't put it up there yet, ma'am, please. Morgan, don't put it up there yet. Okay, it's up there. Well, <laughs> before I read my scripture, one of my favorite uh, preachers ever, and he's dead, uh, both of them are dead actually, J. Vernon McGee. I'm going to give you a quote out of, his, out, of, out, of, out of one of his commentaries. He says, love is, a, is eternal. It is permanent. God's love is that kind of love. How wonderful is that? His love looks beyond the bounds of time and space and takes eternity in its embrace. Christ never ceased loving. You can't do anything to keep him from loving. No sinner has committed the unpardonable sin. You may be in the state of unbelief, but he still loves you. You may have committed ever so great a sin, but he still loves you. You can't keep him from loving you. I'm, I'm still in his quote, but I'm just, I want to reemphasize that. You can't keep God from loving you. You can't put up an umbrella to keep yourself out of the rain, but you cannot, excuse me, you can put up an umbrella to keep yourself out of the rain, but you cannot keep the rain from falling. Do you see that little metaphor we just produced for you right there? We can't stop God's love no matter what we do. It doesn't, it, it you know what, I'm going to stick to this, hold on. 
To reemphasize this, you can put up an umbrella to keep yourself out of the rain, but you cannot keep the rain from falling. Neither can you stop God from loving you, regardless of the umbrella of sin or unbelief that you are under. Now, that's into that quote from J. Vernon McGee. I bring that up because, you know, uh, we don't have any kind of noticeable problems right now. They'll come. That's a, that's, that, that is a promise. They will come. Uh, but when we treat people in an ungodly manner, when we talk down to people, when we let our pride get in the way and talk to people like they're nothing and use words that you wouldn't use with your mother or when you were praying with Jesus, we have to think who we are and whom we belong to. Are we those men and women of Christ? And if we are, we take the pride and we take it away and get it away from us as far as we can. And pride is sinful. And the Bible says that when we separate, when he separates sin, when we ask for forgiveness, he separates as far as the east is from the west. So with those thoughts, Mer, uh, Morgan, I almost called her Mimo, but I don't call her that, I call her Morgan. Or, or Mr. Taggart, you're fine too. I'm going to read it off there. I have it here written down. But this is how we know that we remain in him and he is in us. He has given, us, he has given to us from his spirit. And we have seen and, have, and we testify that the Father has sent the Son as a Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he is in God. And we have come to know and to believe that the love that God has for us, God is love. And the one who remains in love remains in God. And God remains in him. In this love, in this, love is perfected with us that we may have confidence in the day of judgment for we are as he is in the world, in this world. Okay. So... I believe we've all read those first John scriptures before. But I also would ask you that before we say something, and I want you all to know something about me. A lot of people think they know me. Nobody really knows me, just like I don't really know you. Uh, we talked about our hearts this morning in Sunday school, and our hearts are really evil. They really are. And we pray for God to take the evilness away. We ask God to give us a better uh, uh, judgment and wisdom from him and not what our heart thinks. Wow, I didn't believe I had to say that today a second time. But with that, we must be mindful that we're the body of Christ. We must be mindful that we're dealing with the body of Christ. And why would we want to run someone from the body of Christ off? Why would we want to step on their toes and pridefully and pridefully walk away and never remembering we're the body of Christ. So I'd ask you that if any of us are guilty of this, the Bible says that God is faithful and just to forgive our sins. Forgive yourself. Forgive that person. Ask God to forgive you. All that will be taken care of. Walk that walk that we're told to be. Be a part of the body of Christ. Put our light on a lampstand up on a hill where the whole world gets to see our light. Sutherland Springs Baptist Church has an opportunity to be something different. And we are something different.
I'm not supposed to be preaching here. Thank you all very much for listening to me. Let me lead us in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, uh, uh, I again come to you and I ask that you just take all my pride away. Strip me of David. Strip me of the sin and the thoughts and the things that aren't of you. And I ask that as I pray that prayer, that other people in here will hear those words and put their name in front of that prayer. Lord, forgive us where we fall short. I thank you for our pastor who stands on the word of God. He stands in your word, Lord. I thank you for him to come up here and bring the service and teach your word. I thank you for the folks behind me that diligently practice and work so hard to bring this joyful, beautiful music. Lord, I thank you for the people from Santa Fe that are here today to hear this service. I thank you for yesterday. I felt like that was a brother and sister getting together and just a wonderful time by all. So, Lord, lead us, guide us, protect us. Take the cliches out of our life and let us love you as you've loved us. And I pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, rarely do we have any specific intent when we pick songs. We usually do it kind of the, the Monday or Tuesday after, uh, after service the following week. Uh, when we pick these songs, um, I actually didn't remember that uh, we were going to be hosting Santa Fe here this week. But when I look at the words of these songs, they are particularly tuned for the situations that we've gone through. And they're particularly tuned to give us encouragement uh, through the truth that's in these songs. So uh, these next few songs go out to Santa Fe. We hope that you guys hear them, but mo more than that, we hope that you guys hear God through them and the encouragement that God gives us. Okay? This song is called The Lord is My Salvation. Uh, the words will be up on the screen if you guys want to rise and sing it with us. The grace of God has reached for me and pulled me from the raging sea, and I am safe on this solid ground. The Lord is my salvation. I will not fear when darkness falls His strength will help me scale these walls I see the dawn of the rising sun The Lord is my salvation Who is like the our God, strong to save, faithful in love, my day is paid, and the victory won, the Lord is my He 
flowers, each promise of His word. And winter fades, I know spring will come. The Lord is my salvation. In times of waiting, times of need, when I know loss, when I am weak, I know His grace will renew these days. The Lord is my salvation. God, strong to save faithful in love, my debt is paid, and the victory won, the Lord is my salvation, glory be to God, the Father. Glory be to God, the Son. Glory be to God, the Spirit. The Lord is our salvation. Sing that again. Glory be, glory be to God, the Father. Glory be to God, the Son. Glory be to God, the Spirit. The Lord is our salvation. The Lord is our salvation. The Lord is Has 
to face the God you know. One more day, He will make a way. Let Him show you how you can lay this down. Because you're not Try to promise that someday it all works out. Cause this is the valley, and even now He is breathing on your dry bones. And there will be dancing, there will be beauty where beauty was ash and stone. This much I know. Oh, my soul, you are not alone. There's a place where fear has to face the God you know. Crowned with glory now, the 
Savior, now to wash our feet. Now at his feet we The one who wore our sin and shame, now clothed in majesty, the radiance of perfect love, now shines for all to see. Your name. Your name is victory. All praise will rise to Christ our King. The fear that held us now gives way to Him who is our his final breath upon the cross is now alive in me. Your name, your name is victory. All praise will rise to Christ our again your praise your name is victory all praise will rise to christ our king and by your spirit i will rise from the ashes of defeat the resurrected king is resurrecting me
Amen. Is that it? Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, praise God. Thank you for the music, but turn to the book of John. The book of John this morning. Thank you guys for that. John, yeah, give God another round. Amen. God gets the glory. John chapter 5 is where we're going to be at this morning. As you're turning there this morning, let me kind of just... I guess if you've paid attention, if you listen, or if you've lived life in general, there are things that change. We hear in the media all the time that, that about politics are changing, changing. The economy is changing. Climate is changing. We have all these different things where they say these things are changing. As we grow older, our bodies, if you're like mine, is changing and it's very obvious. Change is, is something that continues to happen. And here we say that, but in the church oftentimes, what I hear many, many, many times is this is the way we've always done it and therefore we're just going to continue to do it this way. If it worked then, it would work now. It's the way my grandparents worshiped, so that must be how we worship now. Folks, let me share with you this morning that everything changes. The gospel never changes. The good news is the good news, and that is that we, because of our sin sickness, was separated from God, but the gospel message says that Christ came down and on the cross of Calvary bridged the chasm of sin so that we can stand in the presence of God one day. Hallelujah. The gospel never changes. But how it's presented and the things it's presented, it could be cultural, it could be generational, it could be this area to that area. There's many different things that can change and yet not change the gospel message. As you know, I was, a, I was blessed with the opportunity to preach at the, a revival this past week when a, a very sweet little elderly lady came up to me and, and she was sweet the whole week I was there, but she meant this with her, with her, with her heart but she came up to me and she said, We're, we don't want any change in our little church. We don't want other people coming into our little church. We like our little family just the way it is. And she pointed and she said, and you see that picture on the wall? My mother painted that in the 50s and it's been hanging there ever since and there's not going to be any change. And now I didn't tell her that when her mother hung it there, that caused change. You know, because there was nothing on that wall, or I don't know what was there, but when she hung a new picture there... It changed things. And she said, I would never go to a church where they put the words on the screens. And I said, well, ma'am, it makes it, for those that have weaker eyes, it's easier to see. You know, it makes it all, there's all kinds of benefits to this. Nope, it's just the way it's always been. Again, I thought, how many years did the church exist? They never had songbooks. But yet to her, that was her, how she worshiped, and she felt as though that's the way it should always be. And I explained to her, that, that we, as, as the people of God, need to recognize and realize that we are to adhere to the gospel, we are to live out the gospel, and we are to do so in the best way that we can, but God can bring it to pass any way he so chooses, and if he chooses to change something, what are we if we get in the way of that change? Which she progressed to tell me we are old school and it will stay that way. Okay, yes ma'am. Now, I will say by the end of the week, she was one of the ones that was kind of moving her hands a little bit back there, but that, we won't talk about that. She just couldn't accept that there could be change. 
She had every kind of excuse. In the message this morning, I want us to examine why change does happen on some people and not others. Because you see, if we are truly seeking God's face, first of all, I pray that once you've accepted Christ, there is a change in your life. It is not just about saying a cute little prayer and all of a sudden you're a Christian. It says when, when, when uh, Peter was asked, when John was asked, when they say repent, that repent means to turn around. There should be change. If you say a prayer and you say you're saved and there's no change in your life, all you did was utter some nice words at the front of the church. There has to be change in your life. And folks, and even after that, this is where I think we get hung up sometimes, even after that initial change, you become a new creation in Christ, daily, Christ says, to die to self and pick up his cross. Daily, I should be saying, Lord, change me, mold me, make me into what you would have me to be. Therefore, every day, every day, there should be a little change going on in my life. Every day, I should be trying to open the scriptures and, And look, and what is it you would have me to say today, Lord? Where is it you would want me to go? What is it that you want me to change into so that I can be a better better thing to be used by you? How can I be a a, a better person? How can I show your Shekinah glory to the world? When you think about change, if you want to think physically, that change is going to happen. If you look at, at Sir Isaac Newton's law of motion, it says when things are at rest, they stay at rest. When things are in motion, they stay in motion unless, unless acted upon by an outside force. So that means as Christians, if we are just resting, if we are just stuck in our traditions and we're just stuck in our ruts, we're going to stay there unless we let an outside force, which is Jesus Christ, bump us. And when he bumps us, we're going to move. We're going to spiritually change. We're going to be knocked out of that rut and we're going to start doing things maybe a little differently, a little this or a little that. We're going to change bad habits we have in our lives. We're going to change addictions we have in our lives. We're going to change that heart of meanness and, and, and ugliness into a heart of graciousness. Does it happen overnight? God could speak it to be so, but oftentimes it's a little bit each day. We put aside the bitterness and the ugliness and as God moves us when we're in action... It says we will continue to be in action as long as an outside force. When we let God knock us out of the rut and then keep letting God move us, we're going to change position if nothing else. We're going to continually change into what God would have us to be. Changes in our our life and in our worship are all going to happen spiritually, guys, just like physical changes happen. My knees pop and, 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 and holler and yell and my shoulder. I, there's all kinds of stuff that happens to this physical body. Why wouldn't my spiritual body change also? Change is a normal thing. Change is something that we need to address and say, God, here I am. How would you have me to change? What would you have me to do? Oftentimes we pray, Lord, I want this to happen or I want this to happen or I want this to happen. But are we really, truly seeking change? This morning... In John chapter 5, starting in verse 1, in John chapter 5, starting in verse 1, I think we need to ask ourselves, is change not happening because I'm the one in the way? Because I think oftentimes change doesn't happen because we don't allow it to happen. 
We pray, Lord, take away this meanness out of my heart. Take away this bitterness. Take away this snappy tongue that I have. Take away this gossip that I have. Take away this covetousness, this lasciviousness, this whatever it is that you are praying. Lord, take it away. But then we get in the way when God goes to move and say, Oh, you can't touch that though, God. Oh, no, you can't touch that TV show. You've got to leave that one. What, you want me to go talk to Sister Sutton? No, that woman better come over and talk to me. And he wants to institute the change he prayed for, but we get in the way. In John chapter 5, it says, After this, a Jewish festival took place, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate in Jerusalem. There is a pool called Bethesda in Hebrew, which has, which has five colonnades. Within these lay a multitude of sick, blind, lame, and paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water because an angel would go down into the pool from time to time and stir up the water. Then the first one who got in after the water was stirred up recovered from water whatever ailment he had. One man was there who had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the sick man answered, I don't have a man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, someone goes down ahead of me. Now let's stop there for just a minute. According to John, Jesus has traveled to Galilee. He's headed to Galilee, to Jerusalem, uh, uh, excuse me, from Galilee to Jerusalem. But he's headed there for some type of, of festival. He's celebrating a feast, a festival. Possibly it was the, the Feast of Pentecost where they celebrate the, the giving of the law on, on Mount Sinai. But when he's in Jerusalem, he comes up to this pool of Bethesda and he sees this great multitude of sick people. It says there's blind people there, there's lame people there. There's all these people laying around this pool and they're all ill and they got all this stuff going on and, and Jesus sees all this and, and at first he, he sees everything and then he, recognize, you know, he realizes it's the pool of Bethesda and, and the story says there in verse 4 that the people come here uh, excuse me, not verse 4, but, but it says here the people come here because when the angel comes down and stirs the water, when the top of the water is rippled, the first one to get into the pool, he's going to be healed. That's what they've been told. So first one in the water can be healed. So they're all surrounding the pool, waiting for the ripples to start, waiting for the angel of the Lord to touch. And the multitude of people uh, who were there were just watching the pool. Well, Jesus walks up and he, he's... He's drawn to this man, this, this one individual. And to me, it's kind of interesting that of all these people that are surrounding the pool, Jesus is drawn to this one man. But the one thing that I want to make sure we understand right from the beginning, the man did not call Jesus. The man wasn't seeking out Jesus. It wasn't the man who sought out Jesus. He didn't cry out, oh, there's Jesus, the Son of God, or there's Jesus, the Nazarene, or there's the Jesus of the, the, the way. The man didn't call out to Jesus. Jesus went to the man. Jesus went to him, and when he encountered him, from this encounter, I think we can learn something incredibly important about change. Jesus gets to him, goes to him, walks right up to him, and notice what it says in verse 6 here. In verse 6, he goes on to say, Sir, uh, excuse me, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? So here's this man. He didn't seek out Jesus. Jesus sought him out. Jesus walks up and says, do you want to get well? This is a strange question. 
This is a, a rather odd question to somebody who has been sick, who's been an invalid for 38 years, you would say. Do you want to get well? Well, you know, I, I've been laying here for 38 years. Well, do you want to get well? Do you want to change? Do you want things to move in your life? Jesus never asked a foolish question. Jesus has never asked anything that wasn't, did not have a purpose for it. Therefore, it is obviously important for this man to answer, at least to himself, do you want to be well? Do you really want change? This is a very serious question here, guys, because it's entirely possible that he really doesn't want change. Sure, he's prayed about it. He's thought about it. He's dreamed about what it would be like to have his legs. He's said and done all kinds of things, uh, hoping there to, to get into that pool when the water was stirred. He is, he's really thought about what it must be. But now Jesus is saying, do you really want change? For 38 years, this man has been at that pool. Do you want change in your life? Do you want to be well? Now it's reality. Now he's being asked point blank, do you really want this? For 38 years, he has been, been living off the pity of others. He's been begging there. If he, he is healed, he loses the lifestyle that he knows. If he gets healed, he's going to lose his livelihood. And you may say, well, it's not much of a livelihood. It's the livelihood he knows. By, by being healed, he is venturing out into the unknown. He, he's taking a chance. Well, if I'm healed, I'll have to support myself. If, if, if I'm healed, I'm going to lose all my present securities. It's not much, but at least I know what's here. If, if I'm healed, I'll have to get a job. If I'm healed, I'll have to change this and change that. You see, to be healed meant that he had to enter into a completely new life. To be healed meant that he was going to completely be changed, one with wonderful possibilities, but also one that had, had things going in there he didn't know about. There was a certain amount of risk. And he's like, I, I, you know, these things are going on in his head. And Jesus looks at him and says, do you want to be changed? Do you want to be healed? You've been saying it. You've been praying it. Do you really want it? Folks, the fact is that some people will go to extraordinary lengths to make sure to avoid unwelcome changes in their life. This is the way it's always been. I don't want to venture away from it because something might be different. I might be required to do something else. What if it doesn't work? Well, I've just been this way all my life. I'm just going to have to stay this way. I've, I've accepted it. You know, I, well, I, I'm a covetous person. I'm just going to always be a covetous person. Because if I change that, what am I going to want in life anymore? We have all kinds of things here. I see many people in our day and time today, their lives are sick, they are, they are paralyzed in their heart, their lives are dysfunctional because they don't know Christ or they may know Christ but have allowed him to be placed on the back burner and they pray about change and they want out of the circumstances they're in and they want all this stuff but they choose not to consider what God could possibly do in their life. So many people choose not to pray and ask God and when God says to do this or to do that or change this or change that, it, 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 they get in this little claustrophobic box. No, I, I've learned to live like this. This man right here, he's, this, he's laid there for 38 years. He's learned to survive beside the pool of Bethesda. He's learned to survive begging these alms from others. So many people today, they don't know and don't want to know that there's more to life. 
There's more to this, this bitterness that they live with. They've become satisfied with just existing. They've become satisfied with, this is just who I am. Rather than truly seeking out God and say, God, you can change me. So many of us today, there's so many things that are vices that Satan uses to hook us and pull us down. When in reality, God is saying, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made whole? It's as if we were, are sick or, or may, we know we're sick or maybe we don't know we're sick. But either way, this is normal for us. So I'm going to stick with status quo. I'm going to stay just like it is. And folks, I've seen that in the attitude of the church so many times. <coughs> this is the way it's always been done. So we're just going to stay right here. And God's saying, but I want to change things up. I want to move this ministry over here. I want you to step out and start teaching a Sunday school class. I want you to start leading seniors in a dance class or something. I don't know. I want you to work with children. I want you to just get on your knees five minutes a day and pray about your attitude problem. I want you to start thinking about your tithing issues. I want you to start thinking about how you're gossiping all the time and get on your knees and ask God's forgiveness. There are people who come to church that are respectful and, and seemingly excited about hearing the word oftentimes, but they're, yet they're not saved. They listen to the gospel. Many of them for years and years and years. You know, the, the, the average age in the church I was at this past week was probably 75 or 80. But yet I made sure to give an altar call every night. You know why? Because I don't know if they're saved. Now, it don't matter how long they've been in church. Do you know Christ? And it's the same for each one of us. It doesn't matter that you're here in church. It doesn't matter if you sing up here or you mow the yard or you paint the walls or you clean the toilets. Whatever it is you do all the time. Do you know Christ? Because he's saying, I want to know you, but you have to change. So many times we never come to the conclusion that we need change. Or maybe we have accepted Christ, and God's saying, now I want to make you into that new creation. No, I'm good. I've been like this for many, many years. I'm going to stay just like this. Even after we're saved, we continue to be confronted by the same issue over and over. And God's saying, I can change this. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be well? Do you want change? No, I'm good. But, you know, I can take away this bitterness. I can take away these unsolved conflicts, all these things that's been lying hidden in your heart for years. I can get rid of them. Do you want to be made well? That's what he asked the man at the, at the pool. He said, do you want to change? Do you want to be made well? Do you really, not just with your mouth, do you really want to change? So the question that seemed so ridiculous to this paralyzed man, so unnecessary, really was very relevant for him and very relevant for us to, as well. Each one of us should ask or listen, and is God speaking to us, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be used in God's kingdom? Do you want the change in your life that is going to bring the ministry and the winds of God into your sails? Do you really, not just sitting and singing a song and sitting in church, do you really want God to move in your life? If you really want God to move in your life, and you say, well, that's a silly question, I'm in church. No, no, no. He's asking this sick man, it's at the well, too, at the spring, too. Do you want change? And if the answer is yes, the next verse says, quit making excuses. In verse 7, notice what he says. Sir, the sick man answered, I don't have a man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred. But I'm coming, uh, but excuse me, but while I'm coming, someone goes down ahead of me. The question was, do you want change? But the man answers, and it has nothing to do with the question that was asked. 
Jesus didn't ask about that water. He didn't ask about the pool. He didn't ask about the way it's always been done. He didn't ask about how all this other stuff and all these other people are doing it. He asked this man, do you want change? Yes or no? No excuses. Not the way we always did it. Well, you know, uh, I have this place at the pool. I'm waiting for it to be disturbed. And and, and when it does, I hope to get it. You know what he's doing? What with the modern day, we'd say he's playing the victim. It's not my fault. It's everybody else's that gets there before me. It's not my fault because I can't crawl there fast enough. Uh, And he comes up with, Jesus didn't ask for all that. He didn't ask for our excuses when he wants to change us. He doesn't ask why we can't be saved. He doesn't ask why you can't teach class or why you can't drive the bus or why you can't play this. He's saying, do you want change? But, but, but there's reasons outside my control which, which prevent me from reaching the water. Jesus didn't ask that. Folks, I think we get so caught up in our excuses sometimes that we keep putting off God. And folks, when we keep putting off God, there's going to come a time where God's just going to move on to the next person. He's going to pass on down the way. If you look at back, back in Luke, go to Luke real quick. Luke chapter 9. I cheated. I marked the page. Oh, I thought I did. Luke chapter 9, verse 59. This is a passage of Scripture people don't like sometimes. Then he said to another, follow me. Lord, he said, first let me go bury my father. But he told him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and spread the good news of the kingdom of God. And another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go and say goodbye to those at my house. But Jesus said to them, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Matthew 10, verse 37. That one I've got down. He says, he who loves his father and his mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me you know what he's saying here guys now i understand he's talking to the jews about going out and sharing the good news to the kingdom but what he's saying is i have called you for a purpose i have called to do something in your life i have called to work in you and when you keep bringing up the excuses whether it's mom dad son or daughter you know the world would say oh yeah you got to work out for mom dad son or daughter they'll validate you but god says put me first and i'll take care of them You put me first and quit coming up with the excuses. Do you want change? We need to note, guys, in in, in our lives, at some point, the invitation can be withdrawn. The Bible says he will turn you over to your reprobate mind. In other words, when we continually tell God no or continually give him excuses as to why we can't change the bitterness within, why we can't change the covetousness, the gossip, whatever, the lasciviousness, whatever it is, when we continually give him excuses, there's going to come a time possibly that he's going to say, I'm just going to walk on down the road. You keep ignoring me? You keep ignoring my question? He asked this man, he didn't, he didn't say nothing about the water. You don't think God knew about the water and the angel and the ripples in the water? He said, do you want to change? Do you want to be made well? Folks, there's several things I think we need to recognize when it comes to excuses, one of which I think we make far more excuses than we like to admit. I think we make a whole lot of excuses to try to validate ourselves, not only to one another, but to ourselves and then to God. Well, God, I would change if you would get rid of so-and-so. I would change if you'd made her be quiet at once in a while. I would change if you gave me a new motorcycle. I really would. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. 
I shouldn't play at the pulpit, sorry. (laughs) I guess I'll never get a bike now. (laughs) Anyway, we'll change, Lord, if you do this, if you do that, folks. And the other thing is, it is possible to break that pattern of excuses. Change is possible when we admit that we need to change. When we quit making excuses and admit it, Okay, here I am, Lord. He asked the man, he said, do you want change? Do you want to be made well? Well, here's an excuse. Do you want to be made well? And praise God, look at verse 8. In verse 8, he says, get up, Jesus told him, pick up your bedroll and walk. Instantly, the man got well, picked up his bedroll and started to walk. So Jesus asked a question. Man gave, gave a, an excuse, but here's where the rubber meets the road. We must choose to answer the question. We must choose not to give him excuses, but then to really bring about change means we have to choose to act. We have to choose to do what he says. Immediately, the man became well. He picked up his pallet, and he walked. Jesus didn't discuss the pool. He didn't discuss how we've always done it before. He didn't discuss how for 38 years you've been waiting to do it that way. He didn't bring up any of those discussions. He said, if you want change, pick up your pallet and walk. He simply told the man, this is what you need to do. Well, that's too simple. That's too easy, some of us would say. Well, no, I got to wait on the water, some of us would say. He was not healed by the water. He was healed by God. God can choose to do his miraculous healings and changings any way he so desires. And he can even use the evils in this world to bring about incredible change for the good of those who wait and who love him and are called according to his purpose. God can use things that confound the wise to change the lives of his people, the lives of his children. Well, pastor, are you telling me that, that we can't just keep doing it as usual? Yeah, if God tells you to, but he can do something outside of that. You mean Jesus isn't contained in my, my idea and my little formula? No. You mean change can happen even when it's done against the way I always thought it should? Absolutely. In fact, if you think it always has to be done your way, there's probably a huge problem with your way. Because my God's bigger. He told the man, do you want change? Then pick up your bedroll and walk. Get up, pick up your pallet, and walk. Now, obviously, this man had a choice to make here, too. Jesus comes to him, looks down at him, says, do you want to be well? Do you want change in your life? Well, you know, the pool's over there, and, you know, oh, poor me, I'm a victim, and I can't get... Do you want change in your life? If so, pick up your bedroll, get up, and walk. At that moment in time, that man could have listened and ignored Jesus, like many of us tend to do in our lives. He could have listened and just hoped, I'm hearing you, but, oh, you're just going to have to pick me up. You're going to have to make me do this. You're going to have to make me get up. So I'm just, I hear you, but I'm just hoping. Or he could listen and obey. He chose to obey. He heard Jesus say, then pick up your bedroll and walk. In a f- seconds there, we don't have it in Scripture, but how long did his wheels turn? He's telling me to get walk. I've laid here for 38 years. Do I trust this man or do I not? He said, pick up my bedroll and walk. And so he did. He just tried it. And what happened? It says he picked it up. He got it in his arms. He made his choice. He obeyed. And the man could walk again. Hallelujah. And the Lord is telling him, 
in any who want change right now. He was telling him, he's telling you, and he's telling me that if we want true change in our life, if we really want to see the Spirit of God move, if we really want the wind of God blowing in our sails, and guys, I pray all the time for, for the Lord to show me the words and use me in a way to reach people and to reach children, to be able to share the gospel. I want to be able to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant one day. And that's not, not conceit, not, not, not just because I want the Lord to look good upon me. I want that because I want to know that there's that many people that was saved from a devil's hell and, and, and in a way kind of just poke my finger in Satan's eye and say, this is what the Lord can do. I want to be able to share the gospel. Amen. Folks, when we choose to change our, our, our way of life and begin a new walk, all we have to do is say, God, I'm listening. When God says speak, I mean, when God says, when God speaks and he says do this or do that, let's not get the excuses. Let's just do it. When, when the people asked Peter in Acts chapter 2, what do we do? He said, repent. Be baptized for the remission of your sins. In other words, turn around from what you were doing and choose to act upon this and change the course of your life. But, but if, I'm, if I get baptized, the Jewish leaders will know and they'll, they'll come down against me and they'll hurt me and they'll do this. There's many of those who gave those excuses. But the Bible also says that thousands did not. They acted upon it and we'll see them in glory one day. Amen. Folks, you want change in your life? You want God to move in your life? And I'm not saying the, the name it and claim it stuff. I'm saying for real change. You want to see God move in your heart and in your life? Then you truly seek out the face of God and say, God, I am listening. And when he speaks, you act upon it. I pray this morning that you are ready to see what God can do in you in me, in this church, in Sutherland Springs, in the state of Texas, in the, in the United States. Folks, my God's not contained to one set of walls. My God is great and large and in charge. And when we say, Lord, I am listening, and when he says, do you really want change? I pray that Sutherland Springs will lift up its heart and its head and say, we don't want change for change's sake, but we'll change if you tell us to, and where would you have us to go? Amen. You want change in your life, it's very simple. You must make a choice. Choose to change. Choose not to give excuses and then choose to obey and act upon whatever it is God's telling you to do. Oh, I can't go talk to sister so-and-so. Don't even say it. Just say, I'm going to go talk to sister so-and-so. I'm going to go talk to brother so-and-so. I am going to get on my knees 10 minutes a day and pray about my lasciviousness. I'm going to get on my knees 15 minutes in the evening and 15 minutes in the morning because God said I need to do that. Well, the pastor said he only, you only have to read your Bible once a day. Well, if God tells you to read it twice a day, you better read it twice a day because that's what's going to bring change, not your pastor. What is God speaking to you? What's your choice this morning? This man had a choice to make. Jesus sought him out as he may be seeking you out right now. And Jesus said, do you want to be changed? Do you want to be made well? If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I promise you it's not the pastor, it's the Lord speaking to your heart right now saying, do you want change? Do you want your life to turn around? And then once he asked that question, you may be here this morning and say, I know the Lord, but I've gotten caught up in pornography. I've gotten caught up 
in, in, in just bitterness. I've gotten caught up in just a, a mean spirit. I've gotten caught up in gossip. I've gotten caught up in this. Whatever fill in the blank may be. Their next thing is, we are very good at making excuses. Snap that trap shut right now. Choose whether you want to be well. And if you don't know Christ, don't make excuses. If you want to change for Christ, don't make excuses. And then you have to either choose to listen and ignore, listen and hope, or praise God, listen and obey. God, what would you have me to do? I want to ask us all to stand this morning. If the praise team wants to come up. If God is speaking to you, and praise team, if there's somebody God's speaking to one of y'all, obviously this altar's open. I'd rather you get right with God than play. We can sing Acapulco style if we need to. We need to focus, what is God speaking to your heart? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you do, are you where God's called you to be? Is change taking place and you're fighting it? You don't want to change that. It's the way you've always done it. It's the way you always have seen it done. It's the way my granddaddy told me it would be. What is God calling you to do? Will you heed and listen and obey what it is? Father God, we come before you right now, and I thank you for all these men and women that are gathered in this place. Brothers and sisters in Christ, brothers and sisters that have sought your face and sought who you are. I pray this morning, Lord, that if there are any here today that have not accepted you before, if there's someone here today that has never bowed that knee and, and got on their knees and said, Father, this is your word, and your word tells me that I'm in need of a Savior, and you can do that for me today. Father, that this is your word, and you said that you would move into the hearts of those who believed you, and that, that you rose on the third day, and they believed it and professed it with their mouth that you said you would come in and they would be saved. Father, if that person's here today, may you grab their heart in a mighty way. Give them the courage, not just to pray, but to walk this aisle and profess you before men. And Lord, if there's here, those here today that are caught up in a tradition, caught up in a lifestyle, caught up in an emotion, caught up in whatever it is that's keeping their eyes not to be focused on you God may this be the day they surrender it and choose to change choose not to give excuses and choose to obey you Father I pray your will to be done in this altar call this time of, of asking folks forward in Jesus name we pray Amen if God is speaking to you this morning I pray that you would heed his call. Will you do what he's called you to do today? In Jesus' name. Lord, I come and I confess bowing here I find my rest without you I fall apart, you're the one that guides my heart, Lord I need you, oh I need you, 
going to sing it, then, then let him know. Let him know. Where sin runs deep, your grace is more. Where grace is found, is where you quit that one but let's go back to what it is God would have us to do I pray this morning if you're here and God was working in your mind and your heart and you didn't choose to follow through please remember we're not promised the day or the hour I'm not trying to manipulate or scare anybody but if God's moving in your heart if God's moving in your life why not do it when he tells you to amen amen I, and you know, can you play one more verse? Or maybe just the chorus? Yeah. I just feel like this, just a little bit more. I don't usually do that, guys. Santa Fe, they're like, really? No, nope, I don't normally. I just feel like God's saying to, to, to do this. To one, let's just go, let's just sing We Need Him one more time. Amen. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. 
this minute this morning. We got a few things to present to you. Uh, I'm just going to start with Gary since he's right here in the orange. Were you going riding with him today? Yes. Sir. Ah, oh, no, you can't be here. I can't go. <laughs> Gary's coming this morning. He knows Jesus Christ is his Lord and Savior. He's been baptized. But he said it's finally time God's laid it on his heart to come and join and be a part of this local body as well. So if you, everybody in accordance with that, say amen. Any opposed? Oh, Pam don't like you. Can I say thank you? Yeah, you can say thank you. Thank, thank you for accepting me like I was a member not of this church but of your family. I've, Amen. I've been brought in. You've all made me feel like that. Amen. Hallelujah. Sarah? Don't you wish you could sleep like that in the middle of all that noise? Many of y'all know Sarah Kennedy. Yeah, she's, she's been around here a long time, and she's been visiting us for a while. And she was praying about this decision because she's a member of a church. She knows Christ. She, she has accepted him and has been baptized in his name. And she really prayed. That's like I was saying earlier. We need to pray and then say, God, what is it you would have us to do? And, and I've been praying for Sarah for a while now. And, and Sarah is coming this morning. She said God's laid it on her heart to come. And she also, too, wants to join and be a part of this local body with you guys this morning. So everybody in the court says, say amen. All right. Amen. All right. All right. Dishes are down the wall. <laughs> huh? I don't want Gary washing my dishes. No. Come on up. Now, many of y'all know, know this is... Uh, don't you hate it when you're Stephen Williford's daughter? That's what I was going to say. I'm also Pam Williford's daughter. Really? Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize. <laughs> now, Rachel and Matt and the baby are coming this morning. They, too, have the, the, the accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior and have been baptized. We've been praying and talking, and they're coming this morning. They also want to join with this body and be a part of this local body, believers, as well. Hallelujah. So everybody in the court says, say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Times? <laughs> There's moves to that old happy day we sang earlier. It's a youth camp song. Yeah, so all y'all can go out today knowing your youth. You know, y'all sing youth camp songs today. Well, praise God. Thank you, guys. Oh, did I say everybody in the court says, say amen? Okay, yep, you're in, girl. Hallelujah. Guys, remember that the Lord works in mysterious ways, but those ways are still His ways. Don't get stuck in the old ways and the traditions. Some of the old ways are great, but if God says change, it's okay to change, as long as the gospel never does. Don't change His word, but change your life. Let His word change you. You can't change His word, but His word can change you. Amen? Amen. It's good seeing everybody this morning. Let's all stand one more time and, and praise God for each one of y'all that are here. Uh, RA Camp, or, or no, uh, GA Camp girls, uh, get with Miss Julie, and I think we're going to have lunch next door before we leave out, and camp people will be heading out. Boys, 8.30 tomorrow morning. If you're bringing the boys to, G, uh, to RA Camp, they're leaving at 8.30 tomorrow morning. Guys, good seeing everybody this morning. Praise the Lord for you. And Sunday night church tonight at 6 o'clock. Amen. I am, well, I'm sure that I asked him to be here. <laughs> Ian, would you close this in prayer, my brother? Thank you.
When you found me, I was so blind. My sin was before me, I was swallowed by pride. But out of the darkness, you brought me to your light. You showed me new mercy and opened up my eyes. From the day you saved my soul Till the very moment when I come home I sing, I dance, my heart will overflow From the day you saved my soul With brilliant light is all around And endless joy is the only sound. Oh, rest my heart forever now. Oh, in your arms I'll always be found. From the day you saved my soul. Till the very moment when I come home I sing, I dance, my heart will overflow From the day you saved my soul My love is yours My heart is yours Till the very moment 